0: You're listening to Comedy Central. So did you watch it? Yeah, you saw the thing, right? Yeah, the iPhone, I think it was like a, I don't know, like iPad mini, iPhone 13. I'm just like, it's enough already, right? They did, what, they did the 10, iPhone 10, and then it was what, iPhone 11, and then iPhone 12, now 13, what's next, 32? You know what I mean? What? 14. I mean, that makes sense, I guess, numbers, yeah. Like, I mean, what's, what's, but what's the big thing? It has what, a bigger camera? That, yeah, but that's always the thing. Oh, we did six lenses this time. Who need, like, no one needs a better camera. I'm not looking any better, right? Now, like, now the camera shows every little flaw and mark that I have in my face. We need to go back to like old cameras that show nothing. We Do we even need cameras? I've taken like 10 million photos. I've never even looked at any of them. I'm just snapping photos It's like a weird reflex. It's like, oh, fancy cupcake, ah, oh, picture, picture. You know, like I just, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm over the phones. What? No, no, I ordered, yeah, I pre-ordered mine, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. What are you talking about? I'm not using your shitty ass old iPhone? Get in the 13, baby. Yeah. All right, let's do this thing. Let's do it. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square, the most
1: important place on earth. It's the Daily Show, ears edition. Coming up: Fancy people dress fancy. Toxic waste is the new birth control. And Gabrielle Union. This is The Daily Show with
0: Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's kick things off. Yesterday was the Met Gala. It's party city on LSD. And this year, the looks were as wild as ever.
2: The Met Gala began with a bang from the Brooklyn United Marching Band, and from there the steps became a who's who of fashion, movies, and music. The theme is celebrating American fashion, and these guests understood the assignment. Hosts Billie Eilish and Naomi Osaka stunned in their larger-than-life outfits, and Lil Nas X shut down the steps with his costume changes. We asked what does it mean to be two working-class women showing up to the Met, and so we decided if we're going to
3: do it, we to the message,
2: Even Mayor de Blasio made his first appearance. Red, white, and blue were the colors of the night, as was anything sparkly, with the exception of Kim Kardashian, who came in all black everything.
0: Okay, I don't care what anybody says, man. You know you've killed the game when you can step out covered head to toe and everyone still recognizes you. Shit, I don't even recognize some of my friends when they're wearing a mask but Kim Kardashian climbs up the stairs looking like a video game character you haven't unlocked yet. And we're all like, I'd know that shape anywhere. It's Kim, yeah, it's Kim. And there were so many amazing outfits last night, you know? Erica Badu came looking like an astronaut at a funeral. Dan Levy came as an angry throw pillow. Oh, and this one was one of my favorites, Kevin Hart. He brought a life-sized doll of Frank Ocean. I mean, that was genius. I didn't even think that, wait, that's not. that's not the, oh shit, my bad. And this is what I love about the Met Gala, right? Is that it brings America together. Black, white, Republican, Democrat, no matter your sexual orientation, people switch on their TVs and they all say, what the are they wearing? And don't get me wrong, I love the Met Gala. I'm not even trying to act like I hate. I love the Met Gala because it's not about looking good, it's about looking different, you know? It's the only party you can show up to in a cardboard box with the word butthole written on it and people will be like, Oh my God, yes, I need more of that in my life. Oh my God. But if you show up in a beautiful tailored tuxedo, everyone's like, get that corny shit out of here. Bring back the guy in the butthole box. And remember this entire event, this entire event is a fundraiser. I saw a lot of people talking trash like, oh, what is this bullshit? Why are these people doing? It's a fundraiser that makes it possible to keep admission into the Metropolitan Museum of Art free for residents. And I, for one, think that's really important, you know? Because you can't be charging people money to look at art. I mean, have you seen art? Art is weird. It's all like naked angel babies and pieces of twisted metal and people looking at that stuff going, oh, yes, I see, oh, I see. I'm not paying for that shit. But let's move on to today's big political news out of California, America's left sideburn. Voters in the states are being asked whether they want to remove Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom from office after he made some poor decisions early on in the COVID pandemic. Yeah, because you see, apparently he shouldn't have gone on that private doorknob-licking tour of Napa Valley. Wasn't a good look. But although Californians went to the polls today, we probably won't have official results for some time. And it turns out that the loser might not even accept the results when we do.
2: It is now up to California voters whether Gavin Newsom remains their governor. Polls show Newsom with a comfortable lead. But if the polls are wrong, Republican Larry Elder is poised to take over. Elder
1: turned some heads yesterday by pushing baseless claims centering around the recall election. As Elder was campaigning across L.A. and Orange counties, he urged his supporters to use an online form to report any suspected fraud. At the same time, the website hosting that form claimed it had already detected fraud and the results of the election, quote, resulting
2: in Gavin Newsom being reinstated as governor. The only problem is the election isn't over yet. Woo!
0: Donald Trump really changed the game. he started calling elections rigged, it felt like this outrageous statement, but already it's, you know, it's feeling like just a standard thing you can say these days. You know, that language has just become part of political life. It's like how it used to be a huge deal to hear people say shit or asshole But now, any asshole shithead can say them all night long. And this election feels like another tipping point because Larry Elder is calling it rigged before it even finishes. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think that's a risky strategy, man. What, like, what if he wins, you know? It's gonna put him in a little bit of a cul-de-sac. As your new governor, I would like to say that this is some bullshit. I shouldn't be up here. Lock me up. No matter what happens now, We're all screwed, man. Every single election in America is just gonna be accused of being rigged right from the start. That's all that's gonna happen, and it won't end there. I mean, you best believe pretty soon this is gonna happen with any competition. Anyone in a race against Usain Bolt is gonna be like, before we start, can I just state for the record that I would have won this if the clock wasn't so corrupt, okay? All right, let's go, let's go, let's do this. All right, and finally, news from the world of science. There are a couple of things that we all learned in school about prehistoric animals, right? The T-Rex skipped arm day, and extinct means forever. But now, one extinct animal might be getting a reboot. A Jurassic
3: Park-like mission to resurrect the legendary woolly mammoth. A team of researchers has just been granted $15 million to try and make that happen. They plan to use DNA extracted from woolly mammoth remains to create a living elephant-mammoth hybrid. (laughs) The beast with massive tusk vanished from the planet 4,000 years ago. The project, of course, has some ethical questions. Harvard scientists say the goal is to have the first woolly mammoth calves alive in four to six years.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to get a mammoth. I'm going to get a mammoth. It's going to ruin my apartment. I regret the decision. Are there mammoth rescue shelters? What have I done? Look, I know some people are upset about this because it isn't natural, and if the planet is warming, why would you bring back the one animal that wears a giant sweater? I think it's a cool thing, you know? Although I will say, I will say, if these scientists want to play God, I mean, there are easier ways to do it, you know? Like this. Hey, look at me, I'm God, and that didn't cost 15 million dollars. All right, but let's move on to our top story. As I mentioned earlier, the Met Gala was last night, but not everyone decided to attend. Some people just didn't feel comfortable going because of COVID, some couldn't attend because of their schedules, and I didn't go because I haven't been welcome ever since I mixed up Oscar de la Renta and Oscar de la Hoya. Yeah, I thought he'd block the punch. My bad. Oh, and it turns out Nicki Minaj wasn't there either for a reason that has set the internet ablaze. The Met Gala was held last night, but one star was noticeably absent, Nicki Minaj. The rapper told fans on Twitter that she isn't vaccinated, which was required in order to attend the event. She added that she contracted COVID-19 while prepping for the MTV Video Music Awards, but it was her comments about the vaccine that had many people lashing out. My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding, so just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bully. That's right, people. If you've been on Twitter in the last 24 hours, or if you, for some reason, have a Google alert for Trinidadian testicles, you probably saw the story, and ooh, baby, is there a lot to digest here. First of all, I'm gonna say this. I'm not sure that this marriage was ever gonna work out. Because when you get married, you go into it knowing you're gonna face some obstacle someday. I mean, it's right there in the vows. But clearly this woman in Trinidad was like, I was okay with richer or poorer sickness and health, but you never said anything about swollen testicles. And also, can we just talk a moment about this poor guy? Think about it, he's minding his own business with these swollen testicles in Trinidad. And then because his best friend happens to be cousins with Nicki Minaj, now the whole world knows that he's impotent, he got dumped, and he's got giant testicles. He must be so mad at his friend. But I told you I was gonna tell my cousin Nikki in America. Boy, you didn't tell me your cousin was Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj, you gotta say Nicki Minaj. I mean, that poor guy. Now he's single and swollen and everyone's asking him if he can hook them up with Nicki Minaj tickets. And here's the thing, here's the thing, vaccines, already a very contentious issue in America, right? Everyone is fighting about them. But when you're a world-famous artist with 22 million followers on Twitter, everyone is gonna be weighing in. Right-wing commentators have been rushing to Nikki's defense, yes, my anaconda queen! And then on the other side, liberal pundits like MSNBC's Joy Reid, well, they called Nikki out on TV. People like Nicki Minaj, I have to say this, you have a platform sister that
1: is 22 million followers okay i have two million followers you have 22 million followers on twitter for you to use your platform to encourage our community to not protect themselves and save their lives my god sister you could do better than that you got that platform it's it's a blessing it's a blessing that you got that that people listen to you and they listen to you more than they listen to me For you to use your platform to put people in the position of dying from a disease they don't have to die from, oh my God, as a fan, as a hip hop fan, as somebody who is your fan, I'm so sad
0: that you did that. I think what Joy Reid is trying to say is that she's also black and she's very disappointed. Now, after hearing this, Nicki Minaj actually contacted Joy Reid and they had a really cordial conversation and came to an understanding based on friendship and mutual respect. I'm just messing with you, man. Nikki roasted her ass. It was rough. She tweeted Joy Reid and called her a lying coon who's being used by white people to take down a black woman. And she even dug up an old tweet from last year where Joy Reid was saying that she would never trust the vaccine because it was developed under Donald Trump. And honestly, I, I think Nikki has a point here. I mean, Joy Reid was skeptical of the vaccine just a year ago, right, just a year ago. She was like, I don't trust this vaccine and I'll never trust the vaccine. In fact, a lot of liberals were in the same position. And people like that should probably have a a little more patience for people who haven't gotten over that hesitancy as fast as they have, you know? You're like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm over it now. I'm with the vaccine, but you also had to get there. Have a little patience. This happens with a lot of things in society. I mean, look at Crocs, look at Crocs. For years, everyone agreed that Crocs were the official footwear of failure, Right? And then suddenly last year, everyone decided that they were cool. Justin Bieber's wearing them, Post Malone's wearing them. And now people are like, oh, where are your Crocs, Trevor? Why aren't you wearing Crocs, Trevor? You don't like fashion? Guys, give me a minute, huh Let me check with Dr. Fauci. And Nicki Minaj was on defense all day. All day Nicki was fighting, swinging at everyone. Not only Joy Reid, at one point Meghan McCain former co-host of The View and inventor of the phrase, do you know who my father is, criticized Nicki, and Nicki responded with, eat shit you, which I know sounds harsh, but please don't forget people, Nicki Minaj is a rapper, all right? She makes diss tracks for a living. Eat shit you is basically a rapper's way of saying, let's agree to disagree. It's actually quite courteous in the rap community. And and here's the thing, here's the thing. I get why Nicki Minaj feels attacked just for saying that she wants to do her own research. I get it. But at the same time, Nicki, let's be real. In fact, not just Nicki, everyone, can can we all stop saying, I need to do my own research? Nobody who's saying that is getting in a lab and doing tests, at best you're reading other people's research. And more likely, you're probably reading a tweet about a headline, about a blog post, about someone else's research. No one's doing the research. Oh, I need to do my own research. What we say when we're saying I need to do more more research is that you just want to see enough information to convince you that your decision is correct. That's all we're saying, right? That's what we mean, I want to do more research. And I especially don't want Nicki Minaj doing her own research because I don't want to wait 10 years for her next album while she finishes up medical school. Now, here's the problem. The problem is for a lot of Nicki Minaj's followers, millions of followers, that tweet about swollen balls, that'll be their research. It will be their research. But at the same time, I'm not saying that we should label Nicki Minaj as an anti-vaxxer, all right? Like, give her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Nicki Minaj is saying she's unsure and she can be convinced. That's what she said. She said, "I I just need to understand a little bit more. So don't be like, oh, she's an anti-vaxxer, screw her. Anti-vaxxers believe that all vaccines are evil. They think all vaccines take your DNA and hide it behind your liver so your body can't find it. But if you take Nikki at her word, or anyone who wants more information for that matter, instead of crucifying them just to prove how righteous we are, let's show them the research. Let's take them at their word. You know, so for Nikki or anyone else out there, the good news is that a lot of actual research has already been done on these vaccines. And that research has shown that they're overwhelmingly safe and effective, and their side effects don't come close to the damage that COVID can do to you. It's been done, they've done the research. But still, you might be asking, Trevor, what happened to that guy in Trinidad, huh? The guy with the testicles, what happened to him? Look, I don't know, okay, I don't know. I think there are many reasons people might get swollen balls. Like, I don't know, maybe he sprayed miracle Grow on them, you know? Maybe his scrotum developed a nut allergy. Maybe his balls didn't actually get bigger, but his penis just got super, super tiny. It's an optical illusion. But even if you do wanna blame the vaccine, Trinidad doesn't even use the same vaccines as America. Think about that. Yeah, they use the Chinese vaccine, Sinopharm. And I know as soon as I say China, and vaccine, people are like, oh boy, here we go. Because look, let's be honest, China is wildly inconsistent. I mean, they make some of the most precise electronics in the world in China, you know, like iPhones and Teslas. China can make the best of anything. But then at the same time, China will also make a fake pair of Timberlands that somehow give you a rash on your teeth. So I don't know if this dude's balls had anything to do with Sinopharm, the Chinese vaccine. I don't know enough about Sinopharm. I have to do my own research. But the fact is that right now, for Nicki Minaj or anyone else in America, getting vaccinated is still the safest and most effective way for you to keep COVID at bay. And hey, at the very least, it's also a great way to find out if your fiance only loves you for your regular-sized testicles. All right, when we come back, Dulce Sloan finds out the latest excuse guys are gonna be using to not wear a condom. And Gabrielle Union is still joining me on the show, so don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Show. You know, these days, there's a lot of numbers going up that we don't want to go up. The temperature, daily COVID cases, Jake Paul pay-per-view events, but there is one number going down that could be just as concerning. Dulce Sloan has more in another episode of Count On It. Recently,
1: you might have heard that birth rates are going down. And some researchers think it's not just because men are trash. Their sperm is broken too. So I visited a sperm bank in Philadelphia for a closer look at something I try to avoid seeing at all costs. And this is where the donors will go to produce their semen samples. In there? Right in there. Oh, that's disgusting. All right. Michelle Adi, the clinic's director, explained to me that there's a sperm recession going on. And approximately 10 years ago, from one ejaculate, we'd be able to produce approximately six vials. And over a decade, we saw a very sharp decline, and we get about an average of three now. So that's a 50% decline in sperm volume. Half of them never even made it out of the gate. Oh no, we're looking at some real D students right now. A lot of them are just not moving, bumping into each other. A lot of them don't have tails. And those are not the ones that are going to achieve fertilization and lead to a baby. So something is definitely wrong with the little guys. To find out what this spermageddon means, even for those who don't mind saving money on birth control, I sat down with epidemiologist Shauna Swan. It's a bad thing because it's what we call the canary in the coal mine. Canary in a coal mine, that's my ex's favorite sexual position. You got to be real bendy
3: to get into it, but once you do, oh it's a good night, it's a good night. It's an indication that we are in trouble. It's pointing out a problem, which is not just about sperm. It's lower testosterone, erectile dysfunction, and testicular cancer going up. And then it's also tied to non-human species like alligators and fish and frogs, all of whom are experiencing changes in their genitals. Alligators' penises are getting smaller. Yep. Are
1: human penises getting smaller? Yep. up. why did you start with that? <laughs> I, now I am focused, I am honed in. This yeah. is something that affects okay. me directly, Shauna. The sperm are dying, dicks are shrinking, and my heart is breaking. But what is causing this?
3: We're being poisoned by the byproducts in our plastics. The phthalates and the phenols and so on. Phthalates. Phthalates make plastic soft. And they trick our body into thinking that they're hormones, like our testosterone or estrogen, And when our body gets tricked that way, it doesn't carry out its reproductive functions. So if men's testosterone is affected, they have lots of effects on on their function, including how much they want sex, how well they do in the bed, what their muscles are, what their strength level is. Okay, because I don't like weak men. If you can't open a jar, change a tire, build something from Ikea. Even worse, Dulcie, is that if you're pregnant and you're carrying a boy, Yeah. and you get exposed to these things that lower testosterone, the penis is smaller, the scrotum is smaller. Wait, is he as a person smaller? No, just his generals. Ah, so he can just be a real big dude with,
1: no, yeah. no, that's, I've seen that guy, that's trash. Right. So was anyone doing penis size research? Because I have a lot of data to contribute. There are no studies that have tracked the
3: size of male penises. So then how do you measure the damage happening to men's reproductive equipment? you can measure how long does it take to go from the anus to the scrotum, that distance. Mm-hmm. Okay, think about it in your mind. You think about that? I try, you know, to, stay away from, I try to stay away from that part, but I'll think about okay. that. Okay. That's the taint. Okay. Okay? And the reason that's important is that when the baby's born, we can measure that, and it turns out that that distance tells us how much testosterone was present when this was developing. Get a bunch of men in, measure their taint, measure their sperm count. And what do you think? Smaller
1: taint, smaller sperm count. A plus, Okay. A plus. Okay. All right, so when Got I it? finally meet the man who'll be my husband, I just get a quick tape measure and go, all right, <laughs> would you like to meet me in the bathroom? Not for the reason that you hope it is. But where do you get these phthalates that are messing
3: with our hormones and making our little micro men? chemicals in the cosmetics, chemicals in our makeup, everything we put on our body, we bring into our lives, ingest, breathe, put on our skin, has these chemicals that have the ability to change our body's hormones.
1: Okay, so you're telling me that there are companies that are selling products that are poisoning their customers? I mean, why would they do that? I'm just playing. It's capitalism. They hate all of us. In fact, dozens of chemicals that are harmful to humans, like phthalates, parabens, atrazine, and BPAs, are common in household goods. Tin cans, microwave popcorn bags, plastic containers, plug-in air fresheners, water bottles, non-stick cookware, antibacterial soaps, household cleaners, hairspray, and nail
3: polish? You have nail polish. True. And it's very nice. Thank you so much. Wendy. Thank you. If you were living in Europe, Mm -hmm. there would be 1,100 ingredients that would be not allowed in your personal care products and your makeup. 1,100 are kept out by regulations in the EU, okay? Yes. In this country, you know how many are kept out? 11. So we need two more zeros. Unless the government can step in and say, look, we've got to get these things out of everybody's lives, we're going to be in increasing trouble in the Reproductive Department.
1: Never mind climate change or COVID, there's a whole other life on the planet threatening catastrophe unfolding right inside of our own bedrooms. And on our couches, and love seats, and in the back of cars, and on our office desks, in a closet, a stairwell, a swimming pool, ooh, a beach, a park, even a Waffle House bathroom. But in this case, I know just how to fight back. I'm saying me, you, sandwich board, Congress, plastics making
0: your dick small,
1: fastest passing legislation in the history of America.
0: <laughs> Fix it! Thank you so much for that, dual say. All right, when we come back, Gabrielle Union is joining me on the show and you don't want to miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is actor, producer, and best-selling author Gabrielle Union. She's here to talk about her new book, a collection of revealing essays about her life. Gabrielle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I feel like every time I see you, you are achieving new things. It just feels like now is the time of Gabrielle Union. However, I wonder if anyone has asked you this, why does it seem like every single one of your productions or your books has something to do with alcohol?
2: Yeah. Well, you've been to our parties, Trevor. Um, <laughs> it's a reoccurring theme in my life, and, uh, and I certainly um, you know, when, I'm, when I'm writing, I want people to feel like you know, we're chopping it up over a glass of, of wine and, and just talking. Um, just having a normal conversation. I'm not using all of my SAT words in my books. I just want to use regular language, talking about some deeper issues, some more challenging issues, right. that, uh, you know, and, and to do it in a way that more people can relate to it and understand.
0: It feels like that. Like, everything about you feels relatable. Like, you know, I've, I've been following you on your trip to um, Europe. Everything looked amazing. Um, Met Gala. You look stunning. Thank you. Did you have Thank fun? You. I
2: did, I did. There was a point where I was walking up the stairs. I, you forget how many stairs. There's
0: a lot of stairs. There's
2: a lot of stairs. In that dress and in those heels, I was walking like Gollum. <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> like here's fashion and then Gollum, fashion. <laughs> and go, Where's the precious? It was terrible. Like trying to walk up those stairs in this you know, ginormous gown. Right. Um, and then like the after party, I'm like, okay. You know, I did the, you know, the more you know, conservative Met Ball. The I after like, parties I like when that's you get what it the crackin. Met is
0: for, almost. Like, and it's all about the after parties, and it's all about who can get to Rihanna's after party. That's all everybody's trying to yes. do. Yes. Did you so, go this year?
2: Yes. Well, we wanted to stop at Swiss and Alicia's party. Yes, it okay, was, yes. It yes. was lovely. They yes. had food. There was adequate seating with back support. It was nice. It was for the grown-ups. Right. Uh, and then we were like, it's time to go to Rihanna's. And we link up with Queen Latifah, and it's me and Regina King and and, and our friends, and we're you know in a couple caravans of SUVs. And then the, the wait in the, in the caravan line to get into Rihanna's was so long, we missed our window. You can't, you can't keep old people waiting that long. So we missed our window, and we're like, hey, guys, wanna, wanna just go get some pizza?
0: Uh, let's talk about the book. It feels like you are you. Gabrielle Union is having a good time, and it is punctuated with some tough times in between. You Got Anything Stronger does just that. I'd love to know like why you feel the need to share some of the stories that you share. I love them, but it's also really vulnerable to share some of the things that you do in the books.
2: Because through radical transparency, you breed community. Hmm. Um, You know, what I found during this pandemic um, is that we're all suffering in our own way, but we're suffering in silos because we think we're alone. No one else in the world could possibly be feeling what I'm feeling. No one else in the world could understand the pain that I am in. Except that 's not true, and because it's because we don't talk about it, and when people say, "Hey, how are you?" You go, "Fine," and when you lie and say, "Fine, it, when the world is burning around you, right. you close the door on building community and you breed isolation, you know and that 's when this, the downward spar- spiral starts, so with this book and those tougher chapters, which some of the most brutal <laughs> chapters of my life actually. Right.
0: I felt, the, I felt the responsibility to share. One of the essays that connected with people the most is, um, is the essay that you shared about surrogacy. When I saw your journey online, it was, oh, Gab's having a baby. Oh, Gab's using a surrogate. This is fantastic. She's just like, it's an easy way to do the thing and it's fun. She's just chosen something, you know? And then some people like, oh, I remember some people commented as well. They were like, why don't you have the baby yourself? This is the problem with Hollywood people. They've got too much money for their own good, putting babies in other people's bodies, etc. And then, I read the story and it is the most painful experience. You talk of the journey going through IVF. You talk through the journey of your body struggling with each stage of trying to have a child, the pain of a miscarriage over and over again. And I think the line that stuck with me is the one where Dee says to you, hey, you've done enough. I'd love to know what you, not learn, but what what you got from sharing it and what you hope women out there would also understand from the journey that's often just like, you know, is glossified in many ways.
2: I felt liberated, like when you, when you have complicated feelings, complicated, messy, um, not soundbite-worthy feelings about something as big as entering into motherhood mm-hmm. and the journey to motherhood, and it's not, oh, it was great, and I'm just glad someone was there to, you know, help me bring my angel what? to, you know, into the world. I felt like a loser. I felt like a failure. I felt like. My body had failed me. I had failed me, and I had failed Dwayne, and he mm. deserved something other than me. Um, and there were just so many complicated feelings. And it's also like when you don't physically, you know, birth your child, and you have those nine months, mm. you know, to bond with with your baby. It's like me and Dwayne are in the same boat with Kav. We both had to work to create a bond because she's she was created outside of both of us. Right. And I was so worried that. Maybe she's not going to love me as much because I didn't birth her. Maybe she's not going to respect me as much because Mm. I didn't birth her. Maybe he's not ever going to be able to love me fully, completely, because I wasn't able to do this. And I'll never know. You know what I mean? Right. And it just, it's brutal and it's heartbreaking and it sucks. Um, but no one ever tells that story, right. you know. When I'm reading in People magazine about someone who's had a baby via, you know, gestational carrier, like like we did, it was basically like it's I couldn't tale, yeah. found a great like an angel on earth, right. and now our angel is on earth, <laughs> and there's nothing in between. <laughs> there's nothing in between, and I felt like okay, now again I'm defective because that my story doesn't match that. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I feel so I just feel messy and icky and. And just, I feel like I'm covered in like loser juice that I can't get out from under. So in just writing it, I started to release it. Oh. I started to being able to release it. Once you name it, claim it, and let it go, you know, sometimes I'll write things down that, you know, or I might, you know, text you and be like, I really wanna say this and, and sock someone in the face, <laughs> but I'm gonna text you, Trevor, and, and you're like, yeah, okay, don't send that to anyone. <laughs> Sometimes that's enough. <laughs> Sometimes I write it down and I burn it.
0: Right, just, you know, to, just, just to, to release get it, it. out. But with this, I know I'm not alone. This is what, what I would, what, why I would love people to read your book. All your books have this. They have you. And um, in the same book where you're talking about you know, racism, when you're talking about some of the struggles that you face in the entertainment industry, when you're talking about your achievements and your joys, and then all of a sudden, in the, in the book, we're talking about a strip club and laxatives yeah. and constipation.
2: Yeah, um, and you know, people are like, what, what do you want that takeaway to be from that chapter? Uh, the takeaway is perhaps don't take laxatives and then drink Hennessy and go to a place that has exactly one private bathroom um, that is surrounded by women in various states of undress uh, because it could be explosive. Um, talk about a painful chapter um, <laughs> for my ass. <laughs> It was embarrassing,
0: <laughs> and there was nothing I could do. Yeah, but I loved I loved how they loved you. That's what, that's what I appreciate. I loved how you talk about how these women came together. It was all these strippers, and they were like, you know what, Gab, we got you. We got you, and they're like, let's go. We got you, you yeah, you With are... the
2: cold rag, and... Right,
0: right. Because
2: I was sweating. I came so out of there. Do you <laughs> that's now crazy. have...
0: Like, when you think of strip clubs now, do you now go, oh negative experience, or do you feel like, no, this is a warm place now? I've been
2: happens. going to strip clubs since I've been allowed in. Right. You know, so my whole career. This isn't like a... Like a one time, I went to the strip club <laughs> and I happened to, you know, get the diarrhea. Whatever. Um, no, I've been going to strip clubs all over the world. I, I love, I love the celebration of bodies. I love sensuality. I love mm-hmm. sexuality. Mm-hmm. I am here for it, and I'm a good tipper. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the whole thing. But like in Atlanta and Miami, the strip club is just where you go after the club. Yes, it's just the next. It's the, the Rihanna. Yes, it's the Rihanna party
0: of Atlanta. Exactly. That is. Um, I could talk to you forever, but that's why I have the book. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for coming on. You look amazing now, you look amazing at the Met Gala, and uh, I hope everybody goes out and gets the book. Gabrielle's book, You Got Anything Stronger, is available right now. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, please consider a donation to SBP's disaster response to Hurricane Ida, which recently made landfall as one of the most powerful storms in Louisiana history. SBP's disaster response teams are on the ground and they're helping the hardest hit communities in Southeast Louisiana. If you want to help them provide that support, then please follow the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you didn't like this episode of the show, well, that's because it was rigged. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus.